0: Welcome to Tucumcari First Assemblies podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. We started a summer series last Sunday, and we're going to continue on for throughout the summertime. And we're talking about some different things throughout the, the summer. But I'm talking about the Holy Spirit right now. Good morning. And... Uh, He's, he's calling in. But let's, let's read this verse together. This is kind of the foundational verse for this part of the series of, of summer, the summer at First Assembly. Let's read it. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. And I want you to understand, this was an Old Testament pro, prophet speaking. This was a, a prophetic word, okay, for the New Testament church. Check it out. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Says the Lord. Okay, Let's read it again. Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Spirit, by the way, in the original language is the word ruach. Okay, you say, go ahead and say that ruach, but don't, before you say it, you gotta say it with like like you got like you got popcorn hung in your throat. Okay, ruach, ruach. Right, that's how you say it. Okay. Ruach, that's, that's, the, that's the, the, the original language in Hebrew. It means this, unseen force. An unseen force. And it literally translates, and it's not a good translation, but it translates the breath of God. And I say it's not a good translation because it's not the word for breath. It's the action, right? How do you translate that? Right? It's, it's literally that, the of God. That's what this word is. And so, it, it, it's, it's, it's the, but it's the power behind the word. Are you with me? That, that we need something beyond our human ability. How many of you know you need something? <laughs> Come on, you know you do. Some of you ladies this morning, you put some more paint on. Come on, everybody. Why? Because you needed something. We all needed you to need something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Smile at me. Don't get mad at me. Don't do it. Okay? You're just, how many of you are really glad that Pastor Derek didn't wear any? Me too. We're not that kind of church. We're just not. It's not that kind of church. But we need something in addition to what we are. We need the power of God. Are you hearing me today? In the New Testament, that same word for power or spirit is the word pneuma. Pneuma, okay? It means wind. The wind of, it's the breath of God that means something that is propelling me. And when it does, it pushes me forward in ways that I would have never been able to move on my own. It excels me forward. What we're talking about is what it might look like to live. A spirit empowered life. Last week we talked about how he wants us to supernaturally enable us to, to do something that will impact others. Right? We talked about people's gifts and abilities. We talked about the abilities of people who God has placed within them. Not just because not, not because they're a member of First Assembly, but because they're a follower of Jesus, right? Because they're a follower of Jesus, R.J., because he's a follower of Jesus, he gets to do what? He gets to express himself in a way that God has given him an ability to do so that builds all of us up in our faith. By playing that harp back there that we call an electric guitar, right? Yeah, They used to call them harps in the Bible. Good job, though, harp dude. Killing it on that harp. Distortion harp, overdrive harp, all the harps, man just raining down right it's awesome right check out what scripture says here in 1st Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20 and I hope you got some notes when you came in it says for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk whoa let's stop right there how many of you for some people it is a lot of talk the, We're going be. how many of you know I'm going to be honest with you smile at me some of you are like don't do it it hurts Oh, I know, no one more than me. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. That's what the kingdom of God is that has come to earth. It's living by God's power. And for a lot of people, and I'm, again, I'm sorry that it is, but it, it, for some people, that's all it is, it's talk. It's just ideas. It's just a belief system. And, but really nothing happening on the inside of transformation. So there's a lot of people who believe or have a belief system, that, but they need more than that. Come on. We need more than that. They need to live by God's power. There's that word again, power. Dunamis, right, is what it is, Greek for dynamite. Like right? dynamite means something explosive, right, which explosive things either build things up or tear things down really quickly, right, they can be advantageous or destructive, right, that's often how the gifts of God are for all of us, okay, and so how do we live by that kind of spirit-empowered life, what does it look like, what, what does it look like, and really what I want to do is I, wanna, I want us to look at the very last thing that Jesus said when he's on planet earth, how many of you know last things are important, last things are important, last things are important in our I want to. Uh, I want to pause right here and just just publicly say to Mike, um, we're praying for you. We love you. And uh, we can't we can't hardly fathom that Linda is not with us, right? It's been a sobering. Hmm, I didn't intend to do this. It's been a sobering week to me to know that the last message that Linda heard was last week's message on being spirit empowered and living out and using the spiritual gifts that God has given us and, and she did that well because she was such an encourager right Everywhere Linda went, she encouraged, right? She had some down days like we all do. But last Sunday in particular, she lit up the room. And uh, I'm honored she was in my life. Aren't you all? Amen? Amen. Amen. Mm. sorry I didn't mean to go there but I did um, the last few things that Jesus said he, he, he goes to the cross he dies for the sins of the people right? the whole world, all of mankind and then uh, he's buried three days later what happens the stone is rolled away, he's resurrected right and then he does something peculiar he walks around for 40 days dead guy walking 40 days Showing up in a lot of people's lives. Showing up in their living room. Showing up at their house. Showing up at the birthday party. Showing up. Jesus there at your dinners. Jesus just showing up. How many of you know that's, that's kind of what he does? He just shows up. He did it all throughout his ministry. He did it in the 40-day period. He just kept showing up. And he showed up to tell the disciples and to continue to lead because leaders don't just stop leading. Leaders lead. And Jesus was leading, and he was directing, and he was encouraging, and he was inspiring, and he was, he was continuing to teach and direct and guide these 12 that had, or 11 now at this point, that, had, that he had handpicked to take this message that he had lived for, that he had died for, to the entire world for these 12 broken, messed up goofball of individuals. Right? There was no plan B. He spoke with them. He talked with him. He's giving to them. And, and for 40 days, he's seen. And he's seen all over the city of Jerusalem. There's a, there, and I don't know if you know much about the city of Jerusalem, but there's a, there's a big golden dome, right? The dome of the rock. It's, it is, it's, <laughs> it's the bottom at the, of the Mount of Olives is where it is. And that's where, by the way, that's where on the Mount of Olives, that's where Jesus would ascend into heaven from. When he, he, he's resurrected, he lives 40 days upon the earth, and then he, resurrect, he, he ascends into heaven. The Bible says he's now there, seated at the right hand of the Father, like praying. His, his job has been to pray for you for all these years. Right? And be like, thank God, I thought it was just grandma. It's grandma and Jesus. Pretty good pair, right? And he's, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for us. And by the way, that same place in the Mount of Olives is also where his feet will touch down again when he comes at the second coming of Christ, which I believe could happen at any time. That's where this is. And uh, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says this, "But You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In fact, he tells his three-year trained disciples, listen to me. He tells them, don't do anything until the power of God comes and is on the inside of you. Don't do anything. In fact, stay in Jerusalem until the power of God comes. Right? We talked about this last week. Last week we celebrated Pentecost Sunday, right? Which is a Sunday celebrated that is 50 days after what? The resurrection of Jesus. I just told you that he spent 40 days walking around the city of Jerusalem, right? Showing up different locations. But then there's 10 more days. I, I I went to public school and I even know that. Okay? Still 10 more days. What are those days? Those are the days that the church was praying for the fulfillment of the power that God, that Jesus had told them to go to Jerusalem and wait on. Wait for the gift that my Father has for you. Wait till He sp- sends my Spirit to you. Don't start anything, don't plan your missionary journeys. Don't do any of this. Wait until you receive power. Acts 1.8. But you will receive what? Power. How many of you know but power was coming? Yeah, Jesus said it was. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And so his <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> his three-year-trained disciples don't do a thing except. They go and they send, spend time in prayer, right? And you, because he's, he told them, wait till you get the power of God on the inside of you. He's saying, now he says, it's going to happen when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. A lot of Christians for 2,000 years have experienced the person of the Holy Spirit, but for a lot of, for a lot of other Christians... This is still the most vague part of Christianity for many people. So we understand salvation, right? We understand that Jesus was our propitiation, okay, of sin. He was our payment. He suffered the penalty and gave the payment for our sin in our place. We understand that, right? So he's, we understand salvation. We understand God the Father, right? Right? That Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, loving, caring, providing, right? He only did what the Father, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of confusion. Why? Well, I would submit to you because Satan would love for you to be confused in the power part. Because you can have all the, all the knowledge you need, if you have no power to go with it, who cares? Satan's still thumbs up in you, Right? High-five you with your Jesus sticker, right? He doesn't care. And so what we see here is, is, listen, even in the Bible, even throughout the Bible, if you read the remainder of the book of Acts, you see them trying to continually get people into relationship with the third person of the Trinity, right? God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all throughout Scripture. So, so, And there's still confusion to this day. We see it. So I want to put inside, I want to put aside today all the confusion, and I want to whet your appetite, and I want you to know, I want you to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what I need you to know today. It's Him who I want you to know. And, and I'll just tell you this regardless of where you are with God, look, look, look at me. Listen, there's more. There's more. Acts chapter 19. I'm going to kind of go through two little stories in Scripture to help, help kind of illustrate my point today. Acts 19, 1 through 6. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Ephesus is where we get the book of Ephesians from. Okay. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, these are who? These are what? What did he call them? Disciples. There's more than the 12 disciples. The the 12, those were disciples that we we call the disciples because they were the inner core 12 that Jesus picked, handpicked. But there were many, many, many disciples of Christ. Okay. But it says here, when he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they said. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. Remember, John the Baptist was what? He was the one preparing the way for the Lord, for Jesus. That's what Jesus called him. There's the one preparing the way, right? He's in the wilderness preparing the way for me. So that's what Jesus says. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's salvation, everybody. That's salvation. And when Paul placed his hands on them, now were they saved, yes or no? Yeah, you don't get to be called a disciple of Jesus in the scripture unless you're saved. Okay, then... Which indicates a what? A second, a second gift, right? Something more. Okay? Check it out in scripture. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, that salvation. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Something else happened to them. Yes? Now look at Acts chapter 8. Verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria, or to a city in Samaria, and proclaimed the Christ there. What was he doing? He was preaching Jesus, right? But when they believed Philip, as he was preaching the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, right? That's important because, because in that time, a lot of times, the women were not, they were not allowed to, to, to come into or be a part of some of those kind of services. And I love how throughout the scripture, the New Testament especially, Jesus has a connection and a voice into the lives not only of men but of a lot of women. Right? Right? Verse, Acts chapter 8 verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Now, I want to stop right there. I think this is incredible because I want you to just understand that this is this is the beginning, this is the launch of the early church. How many of you know that? I want you to read that sentence again with me. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of the Lord. Now, stop right there. Look up at me. Who had accepted the word of the Lord? People in Samaria. But, but the apostles, because there's one person in Samaria, you know what their heart is in faith believing? All of Samaria, now, now Samaria is saved. Wow. If we could live with the faith like that, right? I mean, some of us, we're like, well, so-and-so in their house is saved, but the rest of them aren't. It's kind of a lost cause. No! No! It's not a lost cause. There's Jesus there. And where Jesus is, he will permeate everything. Come on, church. Hello? I just want you to see it there. It's just brilliant that the scripture is written like it is. That Samaria had accepted the word of the Lord. They sent Peter and John to them and continue reading. It says, when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive what? Wait a minute. I, I thought the Holy Spirit... I thought you got all the Holy Spirit at salvation. How many know there's a lot of theology that you get all the Holy Spirit you need at salvation? Nobody? Come on. How many of you know that there's a lot of theology that says you get all those? Yeah. No. Not according to what? The Bible. Nowhere do you find that in Scripture. It says, For them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. So the Bible specifically lines it out. No, they hadn't received the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they have received salvation through Jesus Christ. It says, Then Peter and John placed their what? Hands upon them, and they received the Holy Spirit. You know what a lot of people that I know? They, would, they freak out on this right here. Right? I've had people, when I ask them, can I pray for you? Yes. And I'm like, I just put my hands on them. Like, What's going to happen? I'm like, I don't even know. That's what I always want to tell them. Right? I have no idea, but it's going to be awesome. Watch this. Right? Let's let's pause for a moment. How many of you know people get freaked out? Yep. Why? One word. No. Control. How many of you like to be in control of you? Can I just tell you that's a problem for God? I'll get there in a moment. Just I'll just keep going. How many how many wanna just keep going? Yeah. It says, <laughs> and people will say, then why didn't God just put it all in one package? How many of you have heard people say this? Well, if, 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 if I don't receive the, whole, the, the entirety of what God has for me on salvation, why is that? Listen, because God wanted salvation to be so simple that you can't do anything to receive it other than ask your salvation isn't really up to you other than your heart being open to receive it. You can do nothing to receive salvation. You can't give enough. You can't serve enough. Right? You can't take off enough days. You can't rearrange your life enough. You can't mow the church grass. You can't paint the building. You can't mop the floors and earn salvation. It doesn't work like that. You can't do anything. Because then it's a transactional relationship between you and God. And God's love is bigger than that. Are you with me? Salvation is a free gift. Not any work you can do can earn that gift. You receive Jesus and you're saved. Come on, church. That that and and by the way, let me say this really strong. That is not the end of your spiritual journey. It's the beginning. It's the beginning. But for far too many followers of Jesus, it's the end of their spiritual journey. Right? Well, my ticket's punched. Now I can just go and do whatever I want. No. No, 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 no. That's the beginning of that's the beginning. And I've got news for you. God has more for you. Come on, church. He's got more for you. And I want you to be excited that you're saved and on your way to heaven. But but okay? There's more for you. There's more for you. How how many of you know that the world we live in today, there's, there's things that are called hidden restaurants? Did you know about these? There are hidden restaurants in major cities around the United States. And, in fact, Albuquerque has a few of them. And I've been to them, and they're lots of fun. They don't have a sign outside. There's no sign on the door. You have to know about it. You have, to get, you have to get a telephone number. You've got to call and make a reservation because they're very popular. If you hear about it tonight, you won't, you won't get in tonight. Are you with me? Maybe a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month. They're, they're very expensive. And the ones I've been to are very good. There's one in particular in Albuquerque called Vernon's. Anybody been to Vernon's other than me? Sarah's been to Vernon's. Yeah, y'all have been to Vernon's. Vernon's is fun. It's a lot of fun. In fact, when you knock on the door of Vernon's, little guy opens a little sliding window and he says, what do you want? And you have to give them the access code to get in. How many of you already want to go? Can I just tell you? I'm going to pause some of the story to tell you this part. It's the best steak I've ever eaten in my life. I'm not saying something. Look at me. <laughs> my brother's had a few ribeyes. You know what I'm saying? I've leaned in. Okay? We walk in. We're seated. It was during, this was a few years ago when Breaking Bad was being filmed in Albuquerque. The cast was in there eating. It's kind of cool. I wanted to say, I'm the one who knocks. No, I did not. I didn't say that. But I look at the menu and I want everything on it. Like it all looked good. How many of you most menus don't look that good? Most menus you you get, you're like, eh, think I better go with this because nothing else really looks that appetite. No, 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 no. Not a Vernon's. It all looked good. Okay, And we began to order the courses and all the things. And we were there with friends. It was a lot of, just a, a lot of fun. And uh, here's what's interesting to me. A lot of my friends that live in Albuquerque have no idea about that restaurant. I have a buddy who is in walking distance from his home to Vernon's and he is a foodie and he doesn't know about the restaurant and that ladies and gentlemen is just like a lot of Christians that don't know jack about the Holy Spirit Jesus I know the Father I know but that ghost no thanks right right Come on. And I'm just telling you, what if you had been that close and yet denied that experience? I want all that God has for me. Hello? Every single thing that God has for me, that's my Desire. That's what I want. That's 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 what I want. That's I'm after it. And so I, I want you to be excited that you're saved. But I want you to know that salvation is mere merely the, that that mark that begins it all. And then our relationship with God extends from there. Are you with me? So we, we launch into a, an existence with the Lord. So and, and I have people, you know, Pastor Derek, you should really should probably eat better food than that. Listen, I'm, we're all going to die. I'm going to die with a good taste on my lips, okay? You might die with tofu. I don't know what you're going to die with. I'm going to die with ribeye, okay? That's just part of it. Brussels sprouts with candied bacon on them. Hmm, turtle cheesecake with delicious latte to end the night with. Come on, everybody. I'm hungry right now. (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. And I maintain that so many do this. It's like Christmas morning, right? Opening up the first gift called salvation. And it's how many of you know it's the best gift? I'm going to say it long and loud. It is the best gift. That God has to offer us. Salvation is tops. There's nothing like it. It is the best gift, the best one. It's the most important one. By the way, you don't get the other gifts until you get that one. Right? But we end up with all these other gifts under the tree we never open. You ever given a gift to someone that they never open? I, uh, My heart breaks continuously for my pastors, Jim and Becky Hennessy, who for the last six years, their son, who was on staff at the church with him, decided to reject God, turn his heart away from the Lord. He married a nonbeliever, right, which, by the way, bad idea. Moms and dads, listen to me not an option the Bible says so do not be unequally yoked together with non-believers, why? because everything changes okay is it a missionary dating journey? well it could be but for this young man it's been tragic to the point where the grandkids when, they were, when Jim and Becky send birthday gifts and Christmas gifts they're returned to sender. They have zero to do with their his parents anymore. They won't even take the phone call. And I talked to Pastor Jim this week. I was with him for a few days. We were in Colorado fly fishing. Pastor said to me, he said, you know, I guess we're gonna have to buy a storage building just to house all the gifts that we bought the kids over the years. And I said, Pastor, you still buying those gifts and sending them? He said, every time. they're returned every time. I I wonder if that's how the heart of God feels when we don't desire what He has for us. You know? God has more for us, ladies and gentlemen. Right? Ephesians 5.18 Instead be filled with the Spirit. That's the inspiration, right? That's the inspiration. So now let me give you some practical steps in your notes. Let me help you with this. listen 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 listen, listen to me. Go on the journey. Don't stay where you are. Go on the journey, don't be satisfied with a few Sundays a year and you limping into heaven. Don't do that. Don't don't live that kind of Christian life where no one wants to follow you to King Jesus. Instead, live a what? Supernatural, overcoming life where people around you are astonished and they want to come with you wherever you're going. Come on, church. Here's how. Number one, in your notes, write this down. We have to remove the barriers that keep me from all that God has for me. I've got to remove the barriers that keep me from. Some of them are your fault. Some of them are not your fault. Some of them you've had bad church. For some of you, you've had bad church experiences. Yes. For a lot of people who are turned off by the Holy Spirit, it's not Him they're turned off by. It's the packaging that some use to get you to embrace the Holy Spirit. Some of you thought I I can't wear that much makeup or I need more than that crowd too (laughs) come on you know what I'm talking about listen the Holy Spirit isn't weird or goofy but don't let that keep you from getting the things of God that you, you desire that he has to give you we tend to avoid what we're afraid of or we don't understand that's just human nature okay and please do not let that be the barrier for you receiving all that God has for you. Don't let that be the barrier. There's nothing that God has for you that isn't good and perfect. Right? Nothing at all. You can trust Him. So what do we do? James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. For some of us, we need to repent from our fear. Come on. Our apathy. Our doctrinal position. And I'm telling you, it offends God to tell him you've got all of him you want. That is offensive. How many, what would you feel like if your friend was just like, you, you were like, hey, you want me to come over? Ah, whatever. Wait, what what do you mean? What do you mean by whatever? I don't really care if you do or if you don't. Well, then you kind of don't, right? Come on. Is this what we do with God? Yes, it is. Totally is. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The, the promise, who's it for? Who's it for? It says that the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Who's the Holy Spirit for? Every follower of Jesus. Since when? When? Since the day of Pentecost every follower of Christ he wants to fill with the power to live an overcoming Christian life and that's a gift from God to us come on church get anything that was point one you ready for more I got two more you ready bring it on here we go thank you Wade permission granted number two Ask, I want to ask God to give me all that he has for me. If you want to take a step forward in your faith, ask God to give you all that he has for you. God, if you have it, I want it. <laughs> right? Because all that we currently have is not all that God does have. Right? Right? This week at every meal, (laughs) at every meal, we were at a lodge, and the the lady serving us, she would say, Now, do you guys want dessert? And I'm like, "Do, Do people turn that down? Like, even if I'm not gonna eat all of it, I'm gonna smell it. I'm gonna look at it and be like, Ooh, that looks good. I don't have any room for that, but I'm gonna take it in my pocket. I'm gonna eat it later. Right? Here's what I'm doing today. I'm inviting you to pray a prayer today that for some of you it feels dangerous to pray because you've been so comfortable, you've become so comfortable in your position and not receiving that in divine encounter that God has for you, that you're comfortable where you are in your walk with Christ. If Ezekiel chapter 47, verse three through five, I love this. It says, as a man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand. He measured off a thousand cubits, and then, then he led me through water that was ankle-deep. I would submit to you that this is a lot like salvation. Okay? That ankle-deep water. You're in, you're in the river. You're in the flow. You're being touched. You're being affected. Come on, everybody. It's like you're, you're clearly in the river, but you're not immersed yet. Right? But you've got enough, you've got enough God to go to heaven. Come on, I stood in a river all week, oh, several days. This, week. So I'm, I'm just, this is what I'm thinking about. And the Bible says this, Then he measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was ankle deep. That was ankle deep. For some of you, that's that's I'm gonna get involved a little bit more. Possibly, possibly serve. I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to Discover Class. I'm gonna figure out where God has uniquely created me to be able to serve within the body of Christ and uniquely change the world around me. I'm gonna do that somewhere. I'm just not going to, I'm just not gonna completely jump into church life. Like I'll attend occasionally. Right? I like I'll attend what I want to attend. How many there's A big difference between attending what you want to attend and serving a church. Ooh, that's good. Right, that's good. Um, and then he it says this. Then he measured off another thousand, and led, led led me through water that was up to the waist. It was waist deep. Now, if you've ever been in water that's flowing like a river, you know that by the time you're in waist deep water. You're committed. Because you either have a sure footing or you're flowing downstream. You're either bracing yourself for the rush that is against you. Come on, church. You either got your footing planted or it's moving you in a direction that only the river can do and that you can do virtually nothing to stop it. But at times, what we do in our spiritual journey is we brace ourselves. We don't want to go, so we take this bracing posture, right? Like, I love love being in the deeper things of God, but I still want to be in control, right? Look, Look at me. That is a dangerous place to be in your relationship with God. Some of you have entrenched yourselves into the place that you're currently in right now in your spiritual walk. And by the way, I'm, I'm gonna say this to you because I feel like the Holy Spirit's leading me to do so. It is not the will of God. In fact, to be in his will, you have to submit to him. And that means you are no longer in control. But we brace, don't we? Come on. For instance, some of you says, the, you know that the Bible says clap your hands. All you people shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. You ain't clapping. I could ask you to clap. You're not clapping. The beat's going. You're not even clapping beat. Why? Because you don't want you don't want, to be out, you don't want anybody to know that you can't keep rhythm. Look, look at us, we some white folk that don't have rhythm. Like four people got rhythm, right? Hello. But that's that's just not how I worship. The Bible says, I want people to lift holy hands in prayer without wrath or doubting. Scripture says, lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Yeah, that's just not my style. Brace. Come on. you'll never know it, braced against it. For some of you, some of us, we've in, we've entrenched ourselves in the current position. And listen, I know you, you are going to heaven. I get that. But look at me, hear me. You're never gonna see the view from the top. Never gonna receive all that God asked for you. By the way, we we don't mind doing all of those same things when it comes to worshiping our favorite team. Come on. Like pastor's on a soapbox again. I just really want to help you. Um, I'll never forget the first time I raised my hands in church. Right? Probably singing... Something different, much different than we're singing now, right? I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee, O oh Lord, I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee. I thought I had done something, y'all. Like, woo, God moved upon me. I got to hear. Right? You know what I thought? Everyone's looking at me. Guess what? They weren't. And they're not looking at you either. They're not. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You're like, oh, this, this is pretty direct, Pastor Derek. <laughs> well, you've been here long. <laughs> um, take your own journey. Take your own speed. Just don't stay where you are. Because there is more. There is more. And I remember thinking, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you in, but you're going to have to behave yourself right Like, okay god you better stay in line i don't want to be one of them runners right and guess what he did nothing because god don't operate on those kind of terms he did nothing in my life I said, okay, you do whatever you want. Whatever you want. That's why I'm continually telling you, go all in with him. Go all in. It just seems like so much. Oh, it is. It's everything. It's your entire life changing I won't speak it any less. I won't water it down. I won't tell you, you can give him, you know, everything but Friday and Saturday night. Because that, (laughs) right? You got to keep hold of that. No, no. Why not worship Him with everything you have? Why not serve people with a desire for their life to change like God is changing yours? Come on, church. And, and why, why not get into a small group? Better yet, why not start one? you grow more spiritually than ever. Love on people. Meet them where they are. Open your home. Well, that's work, I know. Well, no, I've done it for 25 years. Some weeks the house don't get cleaned up. And guess why? We live there. They live in their house, right? Scripture says, and he measured off another thousand, but now is a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough. Was a river that no one could cross. Ezekiel 47, verse 9. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. What is that? It's indicating. It's indicating that God has an abundance. Come on, church, an abundance. There'll be large numbers of fish because of this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. Where the river flows, everything will live. Where? Have we dammed up the river of God in our life and said, you have access here, but not here? Wouldn't it be great if wherever God wanted to move in our lives, we could just allow it to move? Come on, everybody. So what do we do? We repent to whatever barriers that we've placed between us and God, receiving what he has for us to to receive. We tell God, We tell him, we say, Holy Spirit, have your way in me. By the way, the Holy Spirit is not junior varsity God. He's varsity level God. He's right up there with Father and the Son. I'll take everything you have. I'm inviting you to come in. Come on, everybody. And then thirdly, number three, develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Why did did Jesus tell his trained disciples to not do anything until you get the Holy Spirit? These guys were personally trained by Jesus for three and a half years. You would think they would be amazing at doing what God's calling them to do, right? You'd think they'd be awesome. No. At Jesus' own trial, Peter, one of the closest three couldn't tell one little girl that he knew Jesus. In fact, he denies him 3 times. 50 days later, the same guy Peter is preaching <coughs> and 3000 people get get <laughs> under the threat that they would kill him. And now 3000 people give their lives to Christ because of his passion for the Lord. They're threatened to kill him. You know what Peter said? Judge for yourself. I'm going to speak it anyway. Because Peter knew something that we all need to know. We're all going to die. How are you going to die? you going to die with faith on your lips? Come on. We're still doubting in fear. What happened? What's the transformation of Peter's heart? What's the trans Jesus was already gone. How could Peter have become closer to God? One thing happened. Acts chapter 2. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm inviting you into a relationship with the one who will change your life. Come on. And after salvation, there's nothing that your life will benefit more from than a close relationship to the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14 in the message says, This amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all. Of you, so this this amazing grace of Jesus, Amen. The extravagant love of God, and what else? The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. You ready? You ready? Stand to your feet. Just stand up all over the place. God, we come to you in prayer. Asking, seeking, believing, knowing that you are a God who loves us. You're a God who loves us enough that you sent your very own son to die in our place for our own sin. For no cause or effect of your own, you took the punishment for us. Of all mankind, because of your love and devotion to us, you left heaven perfect place to come to our existence to show us how to live, to show us how to love, to show us how to reach, to show us how to care for people, to show us how to break the divide and barrier of racial tension and, and gender tension and all the things God we we see you throughout the scriptures and how you loved on people and cared for them and you laid your life down to be resurrected three days later so that we might have life, so that we might know you, so that we we might have newness of life from the and, and our penalty of our sin be completely expunged and, and gone away because of your love for us. So I'm asking you today, Lord Jesus, to allow the people here to have the courage to step into deeper things that you have for them. I pray for whatever barriers that they might be, that they might have in their life for them to move them out of the way. God, you move them. Let us be a part of it because if we put them there, we need to move them. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fa, or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.